position and place. As I was worshiping in church on Sunday, the Lord dropped two words into my heart, position and place. I immediately wrote them down and have pondered their significance to our Christian life. Position by definition speaks to an array of ideas such as location, situation, opinion, perception, attitude, or outlook. It refers to a particular way in which someone is placed or arranged. Similarly, place refers to a portion of space available or designated for or being used by someone. As I began to look at scripture, I realized the many different places that God positions us in our lives. We are placed in a particular family to live in a specific community at a precise time in history. None of these elements of our lives are happenstance, but carefully arranged by a loving Heavenly Father to ensure that we develop in a particular way through certain influences. Numbers 2 speaks about being assigned a certain position under a particular family banner. Even our position in our family unit is precise. Research suggests that firstborns are high achievers, often leaders, but they may also be controlling and bossy. Even though they willingly take on responsibility, they are often perfectionists and seek approval for their actions. Conversely, middle children are often peacemakers, good negotiators, and more easygoing. They seek attention and gain this by having a number of friends. Finally, lastborns are often outgoing and gain attention through their charming natures. Having received greater freedom, they are more independent and adventurous. Do you see yourself in any of these birth order explanations? Which family God placed us in and where God places us in our family helps to determine a part of our behavior and attitude and continues the shaping process of our character that God began in our mother's womb. Should we have determined to walk apart from God, then our character, scripture tells us, would have also been influenced to develop in a particular way. Ephesians 2 describes what we were like once you were dead in sin because of your disobedience. And you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and in inclinations of our sinful nature. At that time, we were positioned in the kingdom of darkness. As Paul goes on to explain, in those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. Thus, we were prone to do the things of the world, our minds hopelessly confused and full of darkness as we wandered far from the life God had for us. We lived for lustful pleasure and willingly lied, cheated, and we let anger and abusive language control us, participating in all these activities without shame. Many of us remember the pit we were in. But we read in Ephesians, God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. Colossians tells us he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. He called us out of that place of darkness into his glorious light. 
He redeemed us, calling us forth by name and declaring we belong to him. Although we were once lost and alone, he has shown us the way. We were wretched and unloved, but he has reached out to us, calling us his beloved, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. He has declared that we are his masterpiece, creating us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do all the good things he planned for us long ago. Because of the great love that the Father has lavished upon us, we are called his children, we read in 1 John 3. And we are now children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. Moreover, he has positioned us to be his chosen people, royal priests, a holy nation, his very own possession. No matter what the world has done to us, we are now a new creation. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. The Lord promises that he will never leave or forsake us. Thus, we are no longer the child abandoned, the teenager misunderstood, the young adult desperately lonely, the middle-aged frustrated and unfulfilled, or the elderly uncertain and afraid. He has placed us in his family and seated us with Christ in the heavenly realms. This means two wonderful things. We are now alive through the same power that brought Jesus back from the dead. And in the future, we will be seated alongside Christ in the heavenly places. It means that today we can come boldly and confidently into God's presence to receive his mercy and find grace to help us when we need it most. What a glorious position to be in. But in the meantime, we are to stand firm in our faith, as well as in the truth we were taught. Completely, we are to stand firm against the devil, having been properly armed for the battle we're in. In fact, one of the positions we are to hold as Christians is that of warrior. As it says in Jeremiah 46, take your positions, put on your helmets, sharpen your spears, and prepare your armor. We are called to fight the good fight of faith, but not with weapons of this world, but with the spiritual tools that God has given us, being ready at all times to bring the word of God in an understandable way. We are also called to be fearless. When enemies plotted against Nehemiah trying to prevent him from rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem, he replied, Should someone in my position run from danger? Should someone in my position enter the temple to save his life? No, I won't do it. Thus, when we know what God has called us to, the place he has called us to, and the position he has called us to be in, we are to stand our ground against the attacks of the enemy. We are also placed in spiritual positions in the church and are to fulfill our responsibilities faithfully. If we do not currently have a service in our church, we should be asking God to show us where he wishes to place us because we have been created and called to serve. Additionally, in our communities, we are also to serve in our positions of spiritually assigned ministry. Joseph did, for he told his brothers who had shamefully sold him into slavery, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. Even Daniel and his friends were assigned significant positions in order to influence others for the Lord. 
In fact, King Nebuchadnezzar was so moved by Daniel's words that he cried, Truly your God is the greatest of gods, the Lord over kings, a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this secret. And when God rescued the three men from the fiery furnace, the king exalted, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. And there is no other god who can rescue like this. Thus, in whatever position he's called us to be in, we are to represent Christ, imitating his humility and honoring God in every way. For it is the Father who has placed us there. As Paul writes, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor mind imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. So, beloved, it all begins with our place with Jesus where not even the powers of hell can separate us from the love of God. So know your position, beloved. Know your place and serve him faithfully in it, for he will bless you there. Amen, beloved. Amen.